0: Welcome to another Off The Circle. On today's Off The Circle, we have with us just a ton of guests in the room, and we're gonna be talking about bicycling in Indianapolis.
1: Listen to indie-based entrepreneurs and business people. Learn from their experience and expertise, and have some laps along the way. Off The Circle, the Indianapolis business scene as you've never heard it before.
0: Well, welcome everybody to another Off The Circle. Uh, If you've ever seen a picture of me online, you probably wouldn't know that I'm a bike rider. (laughs) (laughs) But I am an avid bike rider. I don't get on it as much as I should, but I absolutely love it. And thank God Indianapolis doesn't have a lot of hills because that would probably kill me. Um, I wouldn't be biking for long, but uh, I want to go around the table and we'll uh, have everybody introduce themselves. We're going to have a great show today on bicycling
2: in Indianapolis. I'm Harry Howe with Howe Leadership. It's a treat to be here today, Doug.
3: I'm uh, Chris Wiggins. I own A1 Cyclery, and uh, thanks for having me.
4: I'm Anthony Barr, host of The Mobile Cyclist, and
5: I appreciate you having me in the house today.
6: I'm Allison Cole, and I'm with Free Will and Community Bikes.
5: I'm Jamie McPherson. Um, I'm operations manager at Free Will and Community Bikes.
1: I'm Ryan Grimes from MyITND. Indy. Thanks for having me on again, Doug.
7: I'm Derek Sitzman from The Cycle Fix.
0: Well, Ryan, you're a host, so of course you're going to be on. Again. <laughs> I'm here. Uh,
1: yeah. I'm here like every week. <laughs> Thanks for having me on again. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't lock the door this time. No,
0: this is great. So we we've got a uh, you know maybe one of the things that we can talk about is each of your organizations first and talk about the differences because we've got we've got a good uh, balance of people in the room. So A One Cyclery, you know, yes. talk about how long you've been in town and what you do and.
3: I've owned the store since 2003. The store has actually been there. Uh, 2017 is the 50th year uh, on the west side of Indianapolis. Um, I bought it from the original owner. Uh, they they there actually was a store in the in the spot. Um, I we don't I don't know what the store was called, but um, they bought it for in 1967 and uh, wow. ran it for 40-plus years before I went in and, you know, sullied the reputation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so bicycles have come in and out of style like twice since then, right? I
3: get, um, yeah, a few <laughs> times. But um, the they used, you know, it's it's kind of traditional for a lot of shops. They put a sticker on the bike, you know, that, that uh, kind of says the name of the store. And we will get those old silver stickers that they used. I'll have people send me pictures from other states. The metal ones? The, mm-hmm. They they were, yeah, they were just kind of a, uh, yeah, silver, shiny yeah. sticker. And uh, I've gotten pictures from California and Colorado, people that have, you know, awesome. bought used bikes. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Three generations. I mean, I'll, you know, one of the nice things about being there is that it'll it's not uncommon to have somebody come in and say they're going to buy their kid their first bike because their parents bought their first bike there. So it's it's kind of neat.
0: Yeah. And now, uh, now kudos to you, Doug Thies, recommended you for fitting people. So you're, you're the man in town to get fitted to a bike.
2: Okay. <laughs> you accept that.
0: And then and then we have a startup here.
3: Uh, yes
7: uh, the psycho fix is just getting kicked off this year um, yeah trying to uh, get in on the mobile revolution with bikes
0: yeah so. and yours is a little bit different in that you, you're actually gonna go to people's houses and help them out right
7: yeah uh, both gonna do um, you know the uh, corporate route as well as uh, you know B2c nice
0: and full disclosure you've helped me out
7: I have helped you out
0: so now, now, one time you almost killed me too, though. Uh,
7: I can't remember that.
0: <laughs> well, maybe it was twice. So, so one time uh, I got I got this pedals. This I got locked in. Yeah, <laughs> really I got locked I in. But first time clip. I, oh, yeah, I got clips clip put on, yeah. and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm thinking about going over to uh, Southwest Park." <laughs> and you said, "Oh, that's a great place. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can go over there." And so, uh, so I go over there and almost die because uh, I fall down cliffs and you know and everything else and i come back and i have mud and grass you know sticking <laughs> out of my helmet and everything else it, to which you said well you didn't go down the right route did you
7: <laughs> yeah uh also much better than um you know going on
3: asphalt yeah, yeah. well
0: that's true that's true uh, and i'm probably. pretty
3: sure in all fairness we can probably blame Thieves for the clipples pedals yeah i mean that's true. if that's truth true. be told it's I've his, since it's his, his back off yeah front, yeah i know
0: because right? uh, i I've, good for you I'm surprised I'm not on YouTube videos yet around Indy uh, because I fell a lot. Oh, you might be. You have a video out there. I do have a video out there. I have the Monon Trail video. That's true. And then the other time was you let me ride the $5,000 rechargeable. Yeah, the um, electric assist uh, turbo. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I got it up to about 30-plus miles an hour. Oh, yeah. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's
7: a crazy machine
0: and and uh and anthony we met recently well maybe a month ago we met
4: a long time ago was it a long time ago and then we didn't talk for a long time then we came
0: back around yeah and anthony now you've been traveling all over the country and basically creating a documentary about cycling
4: yeah it's it's i'd like to refer it more to as a kind of a tv series an online tv series of sorts yeah so um i uh Uh, So I was, I've been riding avidly for 12 plus years, was in a corporate gig for a long time, sat around my desk looking at a stack of bike magazines going, there's got to be something more to life. I loved bike shops on vacation. I'd try and stop off different shops and trails. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if there was a show that sort of highlighted all the great places that you can enjoy a bike, no matter what kind of cycling or where? I just decided I'll just create it. So that's kind of how I got born.
0: That's awesome, and and I, I love having you on the show because one of the things I get by talking to each of you is I always hear about a new place to ride around Indy. Um, so I think a lot of people are just surprised when they start to get to ride in Indy how many places there are that are just secret that nobody knows about. So we're
2: gonna have to give up some of our secrets. Heck yeah, absolutely.
0: So let's now let's talk about the organization. Uh,
6: so, uh, Free Will and Community Bikes is a Nonprofit that basically uses bicycles to help with youth development, um, and so our signature program is a Earn a Bike, uh, where we teach kids age 10 and older, kind of the very basics of mechanics of how yep. to change a tire, fix your brakes, um, uh, and as well as teach them the rules of the road, how to ride safely on the streets and trails. Uh, it's about 16 hours and. Um, after the kids pass, pass a test that demonstrate they understand the basic parts of a bike and how to fix it and how to ride safely, they get to take a bike home.
0: That's fantastic. And tell yeah. everybody
6: where you're located. Too. We're at 3355 North Central Ave. Yep. And uh, uh, we have a beautiful mural on the side of our building of a bicycle spoke. Uh, we serve about 300 kids a year.
0: It's incredible. I've been yeah. there. And one, the variety of bikes that are in the shop yeah. is insane uh and then and then two that was exactly it. i had a i had a kid that needed help and and he went over there and i think he did some work for you guys and wound up you know going away with a bike so
6: well and so you know we train we we bring in about 175 kids to have them earn a bike but where we hit up to 300 is that they stay they love us they want to come back because what they find are adults who care they find that they might have a different set of intelligence that nobody told them they had. Yeah. And, uh, so many of them go on to earn, go through our apron series. So think of karate, the belts, and we have up to the black apron and kids who have earned that and they do are qualified to go work in any bike store.
0: That's fantastic. So
6: we have an apprenticeship program hmm. um, where we teach them not only all you know the black apron, but also then um, how to teach other kids customer service, so they can work in our front store that Jamie will talk about, and then just some basic work readiness. And I um, I'm re- I'm just really excited that this apprenticeship program I think is. Um, really going to appeal to not just bike stores out there who need bike mechanics, but really anybody in advanced manufacturing who are looking for kids with some, you know, just some basic skills of mechanical skills and can, um, and, and know how to show up on time and be a good worker. And, uh, it's kind of the way of the future. How long have you been open? Well, it started um, back in 2007. The founder of it was Nancy Stimson. Uh, she was enamored with the former, with the previous group like this called the Bicycle Action Group, and that went out of business. And the minute Nancy heard that, she goes like, "I'm taking over." Uh, so freewheeling again. She started at um, Tab Pres- Presbyterian tabernacle church and um became incorporated as a 501c3 in 2009 in 2012 we moved across the street because we got too many kids and bikes in the church uh and that's where we ended up at our current location um and and going strong and um nancy passed away in 2014 and i mean but her spirit just really just keeps us alive and and she just had a passion for bringing the joy of bicycle riding to kids and uh, so that's kind of what leads us every day.
2: Oh,
0: that's awesome. Well, this this podcast is for Nancy. So Yes, that's, thank you. That's
6: thank you.
2: Isn't it uh, ironic that bicycles have been around for so so long and and here we are in a high-tech environment and uh, talking about bicycles mm-hmm.
0: yeah. it, it is but bicycles are getting high tech now too well
2: they they are yeah a, <laughs> lot, a lot of uh, things getting tricked out yeah for sure interesting
5: yeah. it's basically the same industry as aerospace and always has been so
2: well and uh, you know if uh, we next time we do this uh, there's a guy a an entrepreneur that i've done some work with he'd does uh, very sophisticated manufacturing work and manufacture some of these lightweight titanium bicycles. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll get him on some time to talk about the technology behind some of the uh, bikes themselves. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And um, I want to go back just for a second. So your store, you take donations from anybody, <gasps> right? Yes, anybody. Yeah. yeah. And so if well, you've got a old bike sitting in the garage. It's a good bike. It's in good shape, or even if it's in rough shape and it needs some help, right? If it's something that can get transformed by these kids, then people can just drop it off, right?
6: I'll let Jamie talk about that a little <laughs> bit more. I, and so let me just say that the other really exciting thing about our non for profit and most non for profits are you know kind of hand to mouth um, yeah. taking. So when you say donations, I'm thinking dollar signs, not bike parts. Okay. But <laughs> um, just to be clear, um, but we have a bicycle shop that's right. selling um, restored used bikes, some new bikes, um, and bike parts, and. Um, the wonderful thing about it is that this store represents sustainability. Yeah. Um, and so, um, it's really that social entrepreneurialism that is becoming more and more really critical for the survival of nonprofits. for profits And, um, so Jamie is our head shop person and really, um, not only knows how to run an outstanding bike shop, Jamie and his, uh, his sidekick, Matt, are two of the best bike mechanics in town, if I do say so. <laughs> um, and so, th- you know, that whole service industry is really, is really great for us. But Jamie also, I'm going to let him talk here because uh, he has a great spirit of understanding uh, for-profit and the not-for-profit and the community spirit that can come from that. Take it away.
5: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I've uh, been really excited about Free Willin's Shop for a while. I used to volunteer there. Um, and, uh, I came on board almost two years ago. Um, previously I was the, uh, service manager at bicycle garage on the north side, just a big shop. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I see a lot of potential, um, with, uh, with Free program in the shop to, um, kind of make it better for everybody. Um, uh, you know, the bike industry struggles with like online competition and that kind of stuff. And it's really made us focus on what's important, which is um, building great relationships with our yeah. community. Um, so, you know, Free and helps us do that for sure. Uh, but I'm also really excited with our youth apprenticeship program that we're building the skills that other bike shops um, or mobile service units or all that stuff, um, those, are, those are the kind of people that we need out in our community. Um, so we're working on the hard skills of you know, being able to measure something well and and start building that backlog of knowledge of the parts that are out there. Um, But also we've uh, implemented uh, a really great training resource called gear training um, that happens to work really well um, with education, um, but it was developed for customer service. Um, So I'm I'm excited that it works really well for both of those things. Um, Because, yeah, when it comes down to it, it's about um, building great relationships.
0: Well, and, and, uh, and I, I want to tell you guys a story that you don't, you don't even know. So I had a, I had a, a young man that actually, um, got out of jail and he had significant fines and fees and everything else. Couldn't get his driver's license, but he had to get employment and he mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of money. Yeah, And so that we got his bike at your store. And that enabled him to get a job and start to get on his feet and everything else. And so uh, I know that, you know, you, you go after youth quite a bit, but I mean, just right in the heart of the city, the ability to go get a, a, a used bike that's in great shape, that can get these people going is, is just incredible.
6: And mm-hmm. that's certainly, um, it's really easy for us to have mission drift because there are so many good things that can come out yeah. of bicycles. So, you know, if our primary mission is to serve youth, we intentionally... And we'll always, I think, locate in kind of an urban neighborhood where we can be that supplier of affordable, reliable transportation for the residents of the neighborhood. Um, it's, that's an equally important part of, of who we are, yeah. um, of, of, of being a community center for, for folks to come to and, and find answers and solutions to some of the daily struggles that they yeah. face. That's awesome. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. Haha. Did you get yeah. that? <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, obviously all pros here, we're going to have people listening on the show that have no clue about bikes, right? They maybe had one when they were a kid or whatever. So at, you know, I think when I bought mine, I was like 42 years old or something, probably hadn't ridden in 20 years or something like that. And I think the biggest surprise for me was that I needed an expert. That mm-hmm. was really the biggest surprise to me. And I you know, it wasn't just to deal with the technology, but also the fitting and getting the right bike and getting the right weight and understanding the right tires and, and everything else. You know, what do you what do you what are the mistakes that you guys see when the you know, people go, Oh, well, I'm gonna go go over to Walmart and get a cheap, you know, knockoff. You know, what are the problems that they start running into?
3: They either Uh, shoot way over the fence uh, meaning they're worried about stuff that you know is so far down the road or they undershoot I think more often times than not somebody comes in and they say well I just want the least expensive bike that you have because I just don't know if I'm going to like it and the problem is they generally do and within a year you know I mean I guess it's a for if you own a bike shop, it's not a bad problem to have. But you're gonna, <laughs> you know, you're gonna end up selling them something else because yeah. they'll not that they've outgrown it from a ability perspective, but they've just they've used that bicycle beyond what it was more than likely designed to to withstand.
2: Yeah,
7: I would <clears throat> excuse me, absolutely agree. Uh, in addition, uh, a lot of people who aren't cyclists necessarily, um, who haven't ridden a bike in several, several years since, you know, probably they got their license, uh, still think of it as a toy. Right. And that's why it's still in the toy section in department stores, (laughs) you know? So, um, and with that, uh, that's also why it's try it's, it's really tough to get out of the mind of legislators and everything because they, they aren't familiar with bikes. You know, if they haven't been a cyclist in, in several years and they kind of leave it on the back burner.
0: Right. They still look at it as some recreational, mm-hmm. you know, fun. Less you know. than recreational.
3: But if of, you yeah. can get them on a bike, and I have a somewhat rele- relevant story given the election that's going to happen very soon. We, The first National Bike Summit I went to, um, I went to a meeting in Todd Rakita's office with Carol Terry. Mm. Is Carol still the president of SEBA or? I'm not sure if Mm-mm. she's president of SEBA. No, she not. was at the time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's been involved with, SEBA is the Central Indiana Bicycling Association. It's the largest, I think it's maybe the only cycling club uh, in the state. And it's, if it's not, it's certainly the largest. But the National Bike Summit, you go to D.C. and you meet with your representatives. And so we had a, a meeting with uh, with uh, Congressman Rikita and he was, you know he didn't want to open the purse strings at all which was not a great surprise to me but we talked to him and he listened and we got him to come out to brownsburg the following june for the bno bicycle tour and he pulled us aside and he goes i want to let you know he goes after you left i started riding a bike wow <laughs> and was ate up with it yeah i mean loved it um I haven't been back and I haven't talked to him since. Um he won't return my calls. Um but did you send um, him down the wrong trail?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a different show, by the way. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it, you can you can open their eyes to a certain extent, you know. Especially if they get involved. And the more infrastructure you have, the more people are likely to get involved and then you know, minds get changed.
2: But certainly there is within this city a, a contingent of supporters, I, you know, and as compared to many cities, you know, we are well off and, and blessed in that regard. I mean, much more certainly that could be done, but. Well, it needs to be done. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right. I, I was, uh, uh, and I'm I'm not name dropping, uh, but uh, Mayor Greg Ballard, previous mayor of India, was in here last a couple of weeks ago, talking to us, and and bikes were one of his avid things. You know? Did
3: more yeah. for cycling in the city than yeah, anybody.
0: Yeah, and people and and uh, and of course you know CICF with the you know, yeah. the mm-hmm. and the cultural trail. I mean, it's it's yeah. I, I think we're we're now CICF. Brian Payne goes around the country showing other people what we've accomplished Absolutely. You know, here. Now if we could get a really good trail south side, anybody listening, that would be
3: Yeah, I mean and that's <laughs> and that's the thing is that there's you know, I I was talking before we started about how I understand why the infrastructure projects started where they started. Yeah. I mean, that's where the tax base in a large part that's where the tax base is. We've got that. You know, you know, I don't know how much farther north you want to take the Monon on before right. you, you know you get to Gary, but you know, wouldn't it be incumbent? You know, the, the the Eagle Creek Greenway was supposed to be done like a year and a half ago. Yeah, and it's paved from Raymond Street to seventy, and from the Eagle Creek Park to seventy four, and the rest of it is just languishing there. Yeah. Um. So we've done a lot, but there's a lot more that needs to be done and we need to connect these paths so that you actually can use your bicycle for transportation i mean if that's the end game
0: and for the mm. and i'm sure we're going to have the car haters on the not not douglas car haters but we're going to yeah, have the
3: car those two <laughs> yeah.
0: we're going to have the car haters on the line too and you know a, a lot of people that are driving cars are like get these bikes off the road get these bikes off the road well as a someone who rides bike, that's the first thing I want to do is yes, make me a lane and get me off that road because it scares the heck out of me.
3: Well, I mean that's you could have a whole podcast just on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And maybe should. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um but but you know that's the thing is I'll I'll go riding around the city and up north and everything else. I rarely ride south because it is scary. Yeah. It is really scary down there. So if I ride it's Doug Thiest thinks I'm nuts, but I'll ride at like midnight and it's because nobody's driving, you know, and I can see everything from a mile away. And And we need to talk
3: about that. Do we? Yeah.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I do think Indy's done a good job of choosing places to put infrastructure that affects the culture. Um, and that's, that's the first place that it starts. Um, obviously the cultural trail is a good one. Um, but, yeah, I think we're, we're um, kind of maturing into, into the point where we can begin to build a minimum grid for transportation. Yeah. Um, I think we should consider the other forms of transportation with that. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about the red line and the purple line yeah. to do the same kind of thing with transportation, um, with public transportation, that like the cultural trail did for cycling downtown.
2: Anthony, you must have a, uh, a broader perspective on this issue. I'm, I'm curious how you would weigh in and maybe some of the um, best practices you've seen in your travels.
4: Um, I think it's it's kind of a lot of cities and towns do echo some of the sentiment that uh, I think it comes down to education on both sides. I think, you know, I, I own a car, I own a bike, and you know, we, a lot of us cyclists are car drivers. And I think it's when I'm on, when I'm driving a car and I look and I see a cyclist, I I may be more aware than the average yeah. car driver. But when I'm on a bike, I'll also try to look and say, okay, well, what's going to go on here? I mean, I have to think just like you're in a car, be defensive, um, not, I guess, think through what you're going to do. But different, I think what I've seen across, um, been a lot of different towns and, and from bike shops to trails and i'm proud of what indy's done because i see what other cities have done and trust me it is amazing what we have here there is room to grow but um i think it does take a voice to sort of come together about what cyclists are trying to do where do they want to go the number one deterrent and please you know feel free to pipe in here any time that the cyclists don't want to ride is they don't feel safe i mean you can pretty much go to any city in america and they're saying the same things when you build the trails people do use them i think there's you know we can get in a whole nother discussion about types of trails from you know there's a great down by fountain square there's a separated bike lane it's 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 just a it's a shangri-la for yeah. cycling you know you just you feel safe you're in that lane and then there's everything too. There's a crazy trail that, or there's crazy bike lane on the northwest side near Eagle Creek where it sort of jets across the middle of two lanes.
2: Right, and, you I've know, seen the, that. It's just like it's just like this plastic. <laughs> right.
4: Like the bridge just goes off the cliff and they're ready for the train to go. <laughs> yeah. I know why it's there, but people yeah. that are driving cars, I'm pretty sure ninety five percent of them or more don't even notice it. Yeah. Um. So I think. I think, you know, again, celebrating what we have here in Indy and I'm, I'm just as big a champion. I did an episode here in town and I was, we did one, uh, we filmed, um, former Indy Cog, which is another, it's a cycling yep. advocacy group here. Kevin Whited, um, was the former, uh, uh I guess, president yeah, of Indy ED. Cog, the ED. Yeah. Uh, he and I did an interview on bikes on Pacers bike shares, moving and riding around the canal downtown. And it's, it was, it was gorgeous. It was a great day. And people see that video, uh, It's. I think I've ridden across the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge. That's the number one video I have just because it's got that iconic shot. Yeah. That's the second biggest downloaded video of all my shows is the indie show, I think. And it's because of that, just the great time we had and to see what people can do in this city. I had a bike shop featured. Um, Sun King was a very big bike-friendly yeah. employer as well as a, as, a, as a business, a social business. We did a bike to ballpark day. We all rolled out of the parking lot. So it's, I enjoy sharing all the different ways that people can enjoy bikes. I mean, Doug, you're back on a bike again for the first time yeah. in how many years. I love what you're doing with, with the mobile fix-it service. I worked in a bike shop for about six months just to learn a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes and I can say that is a huge need. Um, there's a lot of folks that are riding bikes that work and can't get to a shop on time or do this. So I think there's some definite opportunity there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, think there's always room to grow, but I also think, you know, celebrate what we have and
0: figure out how we can make it better. Yeah. That's a great message.
1: Well, as someone who lives on the, uh, edge of civilization, I live on the outskirts of Plainfield, actually not far from a one. Um, the biggest issue we have is traffic. You're on the edge of
3: civilization. <laughs> I <laughs> think he's, I think he's, uh, maybe overstating it when he says that in the woods, he's but there's in nothing civilization but highways
1: it. you know and we're cut off if, yeah. if you want to go to Dairy Queen it's only a two mile bike ride but you literally have to cross a four lane highway to get there and it's just this is Indiana folks I mean, yeah. People, yeah. people don't acknowledge crosswalks or anything uh, and I have had to tell my kids no I mean my 11 year old wants to go there I'm like I don't trust anybody else uh, you're fine I, I get it you are I'm not worried about you I'm worried about the guy with the you with the lifted pickup truck that you won't even be a bump under his tire That's looking at his phone yeah,
2: yeah. exactly yeah. That,
1: that's texting his girlfriend stuff you know I just I don't trust human beings and you know I've I've had a bike ever since I could walk. I mean, I've, I, even living out where I, do, where I do, we've got some decent trails. Um, but what, I mean, what do, in a perfect world, what would happen for those communities in order to make sure that that is fixed? You know, they, that
3: there's I don't know m- how you do. I don't know how you fix it. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to relay out your, su- your, uh, your uh, subdivision. Self-driving I mean, cars. That's, what the, that's the
7: answer going on because you don't have any room to grow yeah. anywhere. Yeah. And um, I mean, starting when the Monon was being first thought up, the South side was projected to maybe do the same thing. Right. So much backlash and continual. And I mean, yeah.
0: they're still trying. Yeah, there's so that's a like still trying. There's a trail that goes down. Uh, it's parallel to US 31. People don't even know about it, and uh, but you stop at every you know every mile. You have to stop, you know, because there's cars flying by, and the cars don't realize that it's a bike trail that's coming through there. So yeah, and then and then there's a weird one like you were talking about the you know the bike lane up there, and uh, that's that's weird. We have one now down in Frank Franklin, yeah. um, over 65. You can you can ride your bike across 65. Now, once you get across 65, there's a farm. That's it. (laughs) It's the end of the road. (laughs) It just stops. But it's pretty cool that they're thinking ahead now, Mm -hmm. you know, for those, for those communities that will be there in 10 years, the bike lanes will be there. Part of
3: this, I think is due to the fact that we have one of the most stringent complete streets ordinances in the country. So, and Ryan and I were talking about this beforehand. Um, Anytime they build a new road or improve a road, they have to take multimodal, I was using finger quotes because it's multimodal transportation. That's, you know, bike, pedestrian, mass transit. They have to take that into effect and or into account. And if they if there's an opportunity to do it, I think they're they're kind of obliged to do it. And you want to talk about scary bike lanes. There's one that runs just east of my shop. From on Washington Street that goes through the inter, the the four sixty five interchange. You want to talk about running the gauntlet, baby? I know I mean, exactly. It's used for a, a sprint training. Zone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just it's like Frogger. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have a all powerful rear light, and you need to be. You, it wouldn't help to have some of those rosary beads or something in your hand while you're maybe iron well, man you know, back
1: when i lived in the chicago area you could ride your bike 20 25 miles they had bridges over roads highways and in here it's, it's like they're like good luck <laughs> yeah. you're on your own you know so, crossing four or six lane roads and you know and there's no bridge and there's a crosswalk and there's a blinking light and it's rush hour no
6: so but maybe but maybe what we should highlight as um is where we can bike so yeah. i was I live over um, by Fort Bend in, in Lawrence Township. And yeah. uh, so, sidewalks that I can get to the Fort Bend State Park, ride yeah. through it, come out the back end, yeah. get on Fall Creek, and I'm riding all the way downtown without.
0: And there's tons of parking over there uh, that right. makes it nice right. and easy. Yeah. And, you know, so, yeah. 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 And and I then hit the cultural
6: trail. So, and when I tell people I get on my bicycle and I rode all the way to the state capitol and back without, other than. 38th street Yeah, taking my life in my hands and how many
4: miles is that Probably
6: it's clear. it's 16 miles down and back yeah. i mean yeah. it's a really great bike ride and a wonderful way to see the city and um so i think i think when people start to see where it is being done where you can get on your bicycle in your driveway and you know not encounter a scary situation right um, it, I think it gives people hope and and imagination of what it could be yeah. and there are there are some things happening I mean there's three trails I got on to, to get that done so
0: well I and, and uh, that's a great segue because that's definitely one of the things that I want to talk about here is you know the hidden secrets and gems and so um we mentioned before the show Doug Thieves, because I think he connected half the room here. Um, I think he connects half of Indy. Um, <laughs> but D- Doug's a avid adventure racer. Yeah, adventure racer. Yeah. So he's he's constantly biking for training and everything else. It's pretty funny because he'll he'll uh, I'll say, Hey, you know, you want to go for a ride? And he'll be like, Yeah, let's meet such and such. And I'll meet him there, and I'll be like, Oh, what'd you do today? Because I just got up, you know. And he says, Well, I just got done with a two hour ride, so let's go. You know, and I'm like, "What is wrong with you?" You know, and to before, make
2: before that he repelled off a building. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, if it makes you feel
3: better, he's not that fast. Yeah.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and
0: Doug probably pointed me to one of my favorite spots that I wound up taking my kids. You know, probably a year later with Pacers bikes, and and that's that. You know, we parked at IUPUI. And we went over to the white river, went south, you know, down the white, white river, which is a beautiful, you know, it's right next to the river. It's quiet. There's nobody down there. I was looking for dead bodies. I was thinking there was something cause it's literally like, it's like you're in the
7: deserted. Yeah. It's I deserted.
0: Mean, it's amazing. It's just yep. beautiful down there. And then we rolled back up, went around the zoo and then up to Eskenazi, you know, and then back downtown and, and parked and, Boy, you just so you kind of see every part of the city, you know, um, and it's just a it's just a beautiful ride. So I'd love to go around the room and kind of hear about, you know, where the places that you love to go that that you know maybe not too many people are showing up there.
2: So I'll start on this side. When we um, moved to Indiana thirty years ago, we purposefully bought a house close to Eagle Creek Park so that we could enjoy the park so of course that's well known but less well known near where we are is a nice ride over by um, Trader's Point Creamery and so there are a lot of horse farms back there and then if you uh, end up at Trader's Point Creamery well then it's time for an ice cream cone (laughs) and so you could Mm -hmm. you know park your car over in that vicinity ride around the horse farms back over there end up get an ice cream cone, and it's a, a fun place to ride. Oh, that's fantastic.
3: My go-to was kind of like a... It was like a 20-mile loop that utilized the White River Greenway, the Cultural Trail, the Monon, and the Canal Towpath. If I had to pick a spot, the towpath is probably one of my favorite places to ride. And, it, and it's, you know, it's like four and a half miles long, and I wish it were longer. But uh, later, late in the season... We we did a couple of rides from downtown, and we went up the Monon, and then out east on the Fall Creek Greenway to the to the park. And, and I'm I'm a little embarrassed to say that I hadn't been to the park since they made it a park. Um, and it's it's wonderful. And the nice thing about the Fall Creek Greenway is that you don't have all those stop signs that you have on the Monon. Yeah. Um, and not nearly the number of people. You know, there's one you little curves. Well, one little janky place at the fairgrounds where you got to kind of wiggle your way around to stay on the trail, but other than that, it's. Uh, um, that's that's an exaggeration, folks.
2: You're, They're gonna you're go not, not going to go die. You're
3: not going
4: to die. It's fine. It's another sprint zone.
0: <laughs> and Anthony, I, I'm guessing that here you've probably put more miles in this. Ah, yeah.
4: You know, I, I, I like to, I, I like I do, I'm, I'm a, a roadie at heart, I hate to say that, but I do like to try lots of different cycling. Um, I do live out in the burbs outside of the Indy area, general area, so I'm up kind of northwest, but I'll shoot across uh, 131st, down the Monon. But I actually like getting down to the Fountain Square area. Um, if you watch, kind of see what Fountain Square's done over the years, in the last few years, there's tons of restaurants that have gone mm-hmm. up, very bike friendly a handful of them um so i just think i like going down there and hitting i think it's pogue run poke run i think mm-hmm. you can pick that up oh, yeah. so uh yeah just always there's all
3: kinds of gems and urban rides are a lot of fun yeah, you're
0: like the third person that said pogue run too so.
3: yeah. yeah well and now since they've they got that uh pensy section done you can ride from fountain square all the way to irvington wow using the pleasant run greenway take the take the cycle track on shelby to the pleasant run trail and just it's a little it's it's an older trail like the white river trail so it's or i'm sorry since the fall creek trail so it's not exactly marked as well as some of the newer trails but yeah we did that a couple years ago we went all the way out to irvington if i can just add and I'm just, it's not
4: a plug necessarily, but there is, I'll speak for our, our brothers and sisters at Cog that they have a yeah. map that's really great. Do it's, this. it's just okay. something yeah. it's called, it's do the, uh, that, that was Oh, was guide. that the bike, it the bike, the Indie ride, ride guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've got one side is the kind of the core downtown and the other side sort of has a greater indie area on it. It's color coded. Um, they do try to update it fairly often since it's a printed map, but, um, yes. just have some fun peeking around and seeing what you can try on those, on those trails. So.
5: Yeah, that's great um uh i'm trying to think of ones that aren't trespassing um <laughs> uh, i do believe that trespassers are kind of the harbingers of uh future public amenities like when you said pogue's run i'm like is he talking about the tunnel yeah, like i've done that but i wouldn't like wouldn't invite people through that um <laughs> as like a lovely sunday ride but um but uh i think um There's a in my neighborhood. There are there's a uh, a set of trails that parallel the highway. I I live in Clifton on the River, Um, and around 35th Street, there's a bridge over the highway there. Um, And I uh, I would love for those to be cleared more, but I like going through there because it's it feels like a secret passageway through the city. Um, And there is a secret way to get to the towpath by um, crossing like a big metal pipe. Um, that goes over the canal, um, which uh, I think you have to be guided through that. Um, But one that's easily accessible, there's an alley that runs from basically from uh, Westfield and Park. If you head south on Park, there's an alley that says no outlet, which is not true. It'll take you all the way down to 52nd. Um, but you'll want like a, a an adventure size tire because um, it is not well capped, but well, it's and super fun.
3: Is, first question: Is there a password
5: to get through the alley? <laughs> to get through the alley? Yeah. Um, I think it's we. <laughs> just shout we. We. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Turn,
3: it's, turn it's left really eye around, fun. dog. <laughs> there, um, for, but, for Indianapolis, it's hilly, so. <laughs> but isn't part of it. Changing people's minds about what is possible for them to do on a bike Mm -hmm, Right. Yeah, Um, and that's you know, I think the one of the great disservices that the bicycle industry did was The Lance effect. Mm -hmm. I mean and honestly it started with Greg Lamond, but we can we'll lay it on Lance Um, is that they convinced people that what they needed was lightweight bikes skinny tires wrap themselves in lycra go out and you know beat themselves and their friends about the head and neck for 30 or 40 miles and then that was what it took to be a cyclist when in reality the large majority of people aren't going to do that or you know to be blunt shouldn't be doing that and I think that they would have a much better time if they had something with a 38 or 40 millimeter wide tire that they could run at 40 or 50 pounds and allow them to get off the pavement and see some things.
0: Yeah,
5: Often faster and certainly happier.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I got, I got a hybrid bike. And because of my size, I did have to order it online just because it was, you know, because of my size, it was, it's heavy duty and guaranteed up to like, I think it's guaranteed up to like 500 pounds or something. And so it's a pretty hefty bike. And, but it's a hybrid and I can go on grass and mud and or get on the, you know, get on a nice trail and it's, and it, and it, it, it withstands me hitting curbs and everything else. And, and so I've never had to have a tire straighten knock on wood, you know, so. We're yeah, gonna get I you saying "we"
3: you. a lot more. <laughs> What's that? We're gonna get you saying "we" a we, lot more. Yeah, later. yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I'm kind of a slowpoke, so I, that's I, all right. I know. I got a buddy, Adam Small. He goes out with me quite a bit. He did a, we did a 30 mile ride called the Rolling Hills, Indiana, something, which um, for bike riders. It was rolling hills for a fat guy. It was mountains, you know, <laughs> um, it almost killed me. I thought I was going to die. You got to crawl
3: before you can walk. Something. But I finished
0: it. Yeah. Well, I was doing probably about 30 miles a week yeah. then and stuff. So that's plenty. I figured, well, let me try this 30 and I, I did it. It almost killed me, but I did it, but, but, uh, yeah, fun stuff. All right. Secret places. Uh, being in Hendricks County, we actually got some pretty
1: decent trails. Our biggest issues are not really connected. So sometimes you got to you know, go across 267 or Dan Jones Road really quick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hail Mary, full of grace. Yeah, I'm going right now. Um, but there's if you go through like Hummel Park and you come down through there, uh, as you come up Hadley Road, which I found I actually go the opposite way now because the last two miles or so are pretty much straight uphill. Uh, as you come up Hadley towards the police academy over there, up 700. Excuse me, off seven hundred. Um, that's a, that's that's brutal. After you've gone above, you know, thirteen or fourteen miles, and then you've got to go uphill. Uh, that entire way, because then you got to go past the prison and there's still more uphill. Uh, and they're
3: just waiting for slow people to come by.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever talk to someone wearing orange.
3: <laughs> yeah. another, another sprint zone. Yeah, exactly. You do have yeah. gears, right? You yeah, yeah. Have <laughs> gears. yeah, I've got yeah. a <laughs> lot of gears. Yes. Uh, Put me on your handlebar. Let's but, go. You know, being a larger individual
1: myself, we had to buy the gargantuan sized bike. Yeah. Not many people make bikes for people that are 6'5 and uh, aren't going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. So I got a decent-sized Canon down. We'll get you there. Yep, to your local bike shop. <laughs> I did. Yeah, no, I well yeah. now. Yeah, actually, my wife spots some stuff at a shop. So we've we've always been bikers. My. Uh my daughter's got the little one that attaches to the back. It's got one wheel on it, and so she's my parachute that keeps me from going fast. Um, everyone makes fun of me because I can't go fast when we're riding bikes as a family. I'm like, I have an extra, like, hundred-some pounds and a parachute on my back. We're, we're <laughs> still talking about
3: bicycles, right? Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. You haven't seen my se- almost 7-year-old daughter. She's pretty uh, tall. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, Hendricks County's got some great trails uh, that are you can do a straight shot. I think it's an old railroad track out there, isn't it? the uh trails on in Hendricks County there is an old railroad track that they've
3: well yeah the Vandalia line yeah that's and that's right. where they're um that's part of that that uh trail system there in Plainfield but it's also part of a larger network which which is called the National Road Heritage Trail which is going to run you know I don't know if I'll live to see the termination of this project but from Terre Haute to Richmond I mean it's gonna it's gonna follow basically route US 40 and it's gonna go across the state
1: well they've just put signals like crosswalk at 40 and uh 600 right by my house because before it was just there was nothing I mean you're just on your own to get across the road and that's Hmm. scary stuff
7: yeah uh as far as I I would say um you know trails I've been on that aren't trespassing necessarily uh, <laughs> that are just beautiful honestly um that are a little bit lesser known um i would say the canal towpath is one of my favorites um and to people outside of <clears throat> indianapolis and people in indianapolis that just don't utilize it or have never utilized it the canal downtown yeah. is gorgeous yeah. it's absolutely gorgeous it really so is. it's not very long but you can still enjoy it
2: 3.1 miles.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Doug, Doug brought me on that one time, so that was good. You just watch out for
6: people, that's all. So, <laughs> yes. one, so one thing to add here is that, um, like I said, we teach kids not only how to fix bikes, but how to ride bikes. And so we have a Saturday bike um, ride, and we have um, the Sentry Club where we get a bunch of kids riding up to 100 miles so that by the wow. fall they're in the 100-mile. Yeah. And what folks have said is that they by getting kids on bicycles and biking to destination points in indianapolis that these kids have never been to and so the bicycle has it takes them to places that without it they would they would never travel there so they would never see downtown canal or marion university in the velodrome or just name it so the bicycle becomes this great um tool to help people particularly you know inner city kids yeah. go see their go see their city that they've never seen before
0: right yeah the other one of the other ones that I w- I did one time I don't know if it was I th- think it was me and Adam was up by Butler and we mm-hmm. we went a, down is it Fall Creek up there or what is it there's a you can pull off the canal mm-hmm. path and go through and that's a, your way mm-hmm. up through yeah. to Butler's yeah. campus mm-hmm. which is. Yeah, it's a beautiful. Yeah, it's a really beautiful ride. Is
5: there a hill there? Yeah. There
4: yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. There is. Uh, yes, there is. Yeah. That,
5: yeah. that, uh, that ride, I like. Go if you don't want to go all the way out to Broad Ripple. Um, at Butler, you can cut back and uh, um, skip 38th Street by going through Crown Hill. Oh wow! Um, one of my favorite little secret passageways is a, a little bridge that goes under Thirty Eighth Street and exits out on Thirty uh, Fourth. Oh, uh, nice! And, and Crown Hill Cemetery is beautiful to ride ride through. You want to be respectful yeah. and not be racing through there. It's true, but yeah. um, but it's a really beautiful ride.
0: Fantastic! Well, those are those are all good tips. Um, I don't know what to do next. I'm gonna have oh, actually. Big... I have a loaded oh, question. Good.
1: Uh oh. As, as a parent of kids that ride bikes, and uh, in a neighborhood with lots of kids that ride bikes, um, helmet or no helmet?
0: You're the parent.
1: I know I am, but I want to hear the expert. Did you
0: Did you guys all see my argument with my daughter? Up. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. <but> yeah. <laughs>
6: Uh, i think our program you earn the bike and a helmet (laughs) yeah i don't you wear it i
3: don't think yeah yeah, i don't think there's there's a good reason to not wear one at this point yeah agreed for for kids
5: absolutely a helmet the only reason i can think of is if
3: a helmet will keep you from
5: riding your bike just go ride your bike but everyone that i know and all my friends and people i like to talk to i'm going to tell them to wear a helmet
2: well, and over the years, the technology's improved. I mean, there's a so lightweight, and yeah. it, you know, yes.
0: Well, we had we had. I'm joking. For anybody listening, i I bought my daughter a bike with a helmet, with the you know, and said, "Yeah, you can ride now, but you're wearing your helmet." To which. know she's a beauty person so she doesn't want to get her hair messed up or anything and so the bike has sat there since but I told her I said it's just not a I should feel about scabs (laughs) well it was and and the great thing was that the the conversation on Facebook there was at least three people that chimed in that said that the helmet saved their life or saved them from brain damage or you know there was at least three people that either got hit by a car or fell so bad that, that they would have had, you know, um, brain damage. And so that's, that's the way I look at it. I look at it. They're, they're relatively cheap, cheap insurance. They're yeah. light, yep, they're exactly. foam, air flows through them. I'm sitting there going, okay, do I, you know, do I want to crack a $40 helmet or do I want to, you know, crack your priceless head?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah. That's an issue with our kids because like, well, none of my friends are wearing helmets I'm like, well, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Uh, you are. Uh, if you leave the driveway with your without a helmet, you walk your bike the rest of the way. I'm with you. We call that parenting. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and it, there's also, I think, you know, with, I don't know how much you want to spend, but, you know, there's a there's some companies out there that make some really interesting kids' helmets oh, that yeah, sort yeah. of get into the Mohawks and all yeah, that. Yeah, some you've cool seen. stuff. So it's, that's the whole idea cords. is, hey, make it a little bit fun. Maybe they'll actually wear the helmet. Yeah. But, yeah, to your point too, Doug, I've had some friends that have been in very low speed accidents and it doesn't take much at all yeah. to even just fall Sometimes off your the bike. low
3: speed ones are the are worse. Yeah, yeah they
4: really are they're they're really bad and um you know i grew up when i rode a bike as a kid i didn't wear a helmet and it's just it's an evolution i yeah. think i the good news to me is that more people seem to be riding bikes for different reasons um that's my personal observation so i would say if you can get your kid to wear a bike then kudos to you or to wear a helmet then kudos to you
0: yeah, absolutely. Any uh, parting wisdom? Well, IndyCog we gotta talk we gotta so everybody should go to IndyCog and uh, can they download that map as well, do you
3: know? I think they on? do have a digital copy of it now. Nice. But um, I know I have them. Most of the bike shops um, uh, in the city have them. Oh, I think cool. we're still on V two. I was on the board of directors of IndyCog for about two and a half years, yeah. so it's it's definitely a worthwhile organization. Absolutely.
1: Fantastic that sounds like a perfect uh thing to have an app for <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> i think the issue is that it you know again it's a non-profit and and they got to have the money to develop it i mean i'm, and I'm talking and yeah and it's right. yeah and it constantly changes and i'm i'm going to talk a little bit out of school because i'm not I haven't been really in contact with that with yeah. that organization for a while but i know that's one of the challenges that they were looking at when i was uh with them
5: yeah they're um they're kind of working on uh, another one or a different format. Um, Google maps has a pretty good biking feature from like, you know, a to B Um, the bike map as it is now kind of talks about bike friendliness on the roads. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And the goal is to kind of make that obsolete, right? Like, so you can just use all of them. Um, But yeah, there's some other formats that are being kicked around, like maybe a, uh, um, uh, train like the the way that you get a train map in a city, so it shows the destinations in a condensed form, so you know which route to take or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or maybe like uh, uh, a way to show loops or destinations um, that you might have, like you know, give people a reason to ride. Right. It's um, a- but they're they're taking input right now so if yeah have put about it they'd love to hear about it
3: the ride guide is a great resource as is you know google maps i mean anytime i'm looking to try to figure out how to get from this point to to this to that point you know i think one of the biggest hurdles that people have to overcome and it happens like clockwork if the gas if gas starts to get up toward you know over four dollars a gallon people start coming and asking for bikes to ride to work and most of those people are unsuccessful because most of those people, in their minds, are going to ride to work the same route they drive, mm. which very rarely works. I'm saying four sixty-five, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was going to say seventy, but okay. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. So right. you know, use those map functions, and and you know, you're going to probably have to skirt through a couple neighborhoods to to bypass you know busier roads, but. Uh, it's more than likely going to be the the difference between actually, you know, accomplishing this thing you want to accomplish and not. So n- next steps for people, right? Uh, obviously, if
0: if people don't have the funds, uh, you know, your shop is a fantastic one. Once again, tell everybody where it is and yeah.
6: Uh, free Will and Community Bikes, we're at 3355 North Central F. And right now, uh, if you text um, CHEERS to one it will take you right to a link to donate.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. And so you take cash donations and bike donations? Oh, fantastic!
6: Love cash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say this. Let me say this about bike donations. And, yeah. And Jamie lived it. Um, mm-hmm. We were getting everything. And uh, And so again, that's kind of that mission creep of, oh, you're a recycling center. Well, yeah. no, not really. And so um, we've had to kind of just for the moment um, put a kibosh on taking on taking anything but really outstanding bikes Good. because Good. we yeah. need to find out about be- find a better way to say you know this we can take and this and this we can't so yeah. um yes we rely on really good parts and really good bikes um and we've got some good sources for that but just dropping off your bike at our shop frankly um takes away from other important things we need to be doing yeah. you, uh, go ahead yeah
5: we uh, we'll make use of things the best that we can um but uh like uh Over the years, like uh, think about the Hershey bar, right? Like it's half the size it was 10 years ago. Um, We've kind of seen similar things happen with our conception of bikes. Um, And I think about the big box stores and they're they're doing what they need to to make money. Um, But as we support those big box stores, it makes it harder for us culturally to recognize the value in actually useful objects yeah um and i think like the lance thing has played a part in that we we see um you know bikers that are way outside of our league right like it, it you see the racers and the extreme and these extremely expensive bikes and we know that's not us and um you know what i'm excited about is it sounds like everybody in the room is really welcoming um i think probably most of us are on flat pedals actually Um, which is pretty cool, uh, that, that kind of shows our culture changing, but, um, you know, I, I think on the front end, think about, um, where you want your bike to end up. Like, um, is it going to be something that is going to be really useful for the next generation and the next? And, um, you know, if we, if we stop buying the things that aren't so useful, um, and start buying the things that are we're, we're going to affect the demand for those those objects.
6: So, so the, I guess I won't say the name of the big the big Hugh merchandise who hires more Americans than anybody any other company in America. But we all know who I'm talking about. Yeah. their bicycles just we can't take them. Right. So the bicycles that we are repair, that we are restoring and giving to kids are really nice bicycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's just we want them to. Um, have a, have a bike that will go on. So well, there's
0: a, there's a huge difference. I, 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 this is a funny story it wasn't funny for Adam, but we're, we're driving back and my bike and his bike were on the back of my car and one of the straps busted loose and we were going probably 70 miles an hour and Adam's bike, uh, was the one that bounced, bounced and flipped, and the wheel popped off of, went across the highway, everything, and you know, I'm I'm like, oh my god, I just killed this guy's bike, and it's a, it was a nice hybrid bike, you know, and uh, and we actually took it to you guys, uh, and and so we took it down there. He had he had one piece that was kind of ground down on it, but because it was a good bike, like right. there was mm-hmm. n- literally no damage. It was just a matter of of, you know, rubbing out the scratch, buffing out the, you know, marks and everything else, literally 70 miles an hour had to do five flips had, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and this bike did not nothing of the alignment changed. The tires were still good. Mm -hmm. Everything. You got lucky. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but my point is that if that was a knockoff bike it would have been in mm-hmm. three pieces and bent.
3: Well, and, and not was, only that, but l- a lot of times, and more more oftentimes than not, the cost to repair one of those bikes right. exceeds what they paid for the bike mm-hmm. to begin yeah. with, mm-hmm. and so yeah. it just goes in the dumpster. And that, and that
0: was, yeah. you know, uh, one of my my other, you know, kind of parting pieces, just things that I've learned that I that I want to share. And I'm I'm the amateur here, obviously, but um, but it really did make a huge difference. And it was Doug Thies that really pushed me. You know, when I first got my bike, I had a lot of shoulder pain. Um, I was riding with my knees out, which was causing problems and pain and and stuff. And, and it was just because I, I, you know, I wasn't paying attention to any of those things. I was just trying to move, you know, and he was the one that really got me to keep talking to you guys and keep dialing in the bike. As soon as I got the bike dialed in zero pain, zero problems, you know? And so when I go out and ride my bike now, I come back and I'm tired. That's all. You know, everything else is, is good. And, and I'm so glad that he, he pushed me and educated me that pain is not uh, something that you ignore when you're riding a bike.
3: There's no normal pain. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so for people listening, you know, I just want to put that out there that please, you know, go see one of these guys to, 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 to get, you know, your bike find the right bike for like you said you know for for the use that you're going to make out of it mm-hmm. um spend the money so that you don't spend it later
3: you know and buy once cry once yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and so where where should people go again tell everybody where you're forty seven forty
3: seven west washington street a1cyclery.com a1cyclery on facebook twitter and instagram i do answer questions on twitter if you use the hashtag ask a1cyclery and now that Instagram just rolled out the you can follow hashtags if you want to ask me questions, uh, use the Ask A1Cyclery hashtag on Instagram, and I'm going to follow that as well. Uh, I have a personal blog, thepsychicderailer.com.
0: <laughs> and, and you should tell people that you you have an eclectic collection of saddlebags bags and and I have, uh,
3: the, I have the greatest uh uh selection of uh, u.s made bicycle bags in the uh, midwest yeah they're really good so and i i should all i i always forget this part but i did write the idiot's guide to bike repair and maintenance oh that's awesome yeah
5: yeah i'm hmm. like chris is a super good resource i'm like he's the, you know he is the dude
0: yeah <laughs> the dude <laughs> <laughs> the dude <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and tell everybody where to find you now
7: Uh, Thecyclefix.com, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Um, My uh, contact info is on there as well.
0: And and congratulations to you. And and I, I got to say this that one of the things about me walking into a bike store is I felt like I was walking into a Gold's Gym or something, you know, where I was intimidated. Mm-hmm. The technology was intimidating, everything. And you literally just walked up and started a conversation with me, made me feel at home. And so I'm forever thankful for that. That that I didn't I didn't I didn't get the side glances and you know. Boy, what size Italian suit is he gonna? You know, <laughs> Lycra, so like where is he gonna fit to into? You, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, yeah. so yeah, and and I I I think that was you know the the combination of all you guys sitting at the table was what really got me into biking. Was I instantly felt welcomed and and I got tips and and we all have the same thing in common. We like the wind blowing through our hair, mm-hmm. and you know, and just moving. And so I thank you very much. Appreciate it.
2: You know, I think it's interesting. (laughs) One of the common threads here is um, it's not just a bike. It's not just a hobby. But, you know, Ryan was talking about it's a a great family activity. It can change your life. It changes the life of young people. And, uh, you know, what a great... you know, phenomena. It's, it's more than just a piece of hardware. It can change lives. Yeah, Dust. absolutely. Dust.
0: Anthony, uh, tell everybody where to find you online.
4: So you can see the full episodes at mobilecyclist.com or the YouTube mobile cyclist. I've got an Instagram and a Facebook page as well, where you can see different types of um, promotions leading up to the shows. I do kind of mini episodes in between, but I have, Bigger episodes that come out in different parts of the year, so that's where you can get a hold of that. And please uh, share us on uh, share the videos as much as possible with your friends subscribe, and subscribe,
0: uh, like, share,
4: subscribe, share Facebook, please, and YouTube.
0: Fantastic! Thank, Thank you. you. Well, thanks everybody for joining us today. Thank you, and that thanks, wraps Doug. it up. So, uh, if you, if you want uh, visit everybody online, we will have all of the links to everybody in the show notes. Uh, and then of course, uh, if you like the show, please, please, please give us a review online that gets us more visibility and, um, you know, whoever wants to be the first million dollar sponsor, you know, give Ryan and I a call. So <laughs> we take all forms of payment, yeah. even bitcoins.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody. Thank you. Thank you.
1: If you're an Indianapolis based professional and would like your story to be heard on off the circle, contact us at offthecircle.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a glowing review. Off the Circle is recorded at DK New Media's podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis.